Hi guys, welcome back to Coaches Don't Play. Today I'm in um, the coldest city on planet Earth, which is a fact because I saw it in an article. <laughs> I'm in the coldest place on a planet Earth, known to people as Edmonton, Alberta. <laughs> And I'm here with a really special guest, Bean Gill. Um, Bean, you reached out to me actually a while ago, I think. Yeah, it's, uh, I've been following that, you guys for a while. Yeah, yeah. Th- I think that time you messaged about the podcast wasn't the first time we talked. No. Uh, yeah, we definitely before. talked before. Yeah. And then you reached out to me after the first episode or the sec- the first or second episode of, of the podcast yeah. to be on it. And I was super excited because I'm looking for a guest because I'm trying to kick Green <laughs> off the podcast because she's getting way too hyper. <laughs> I think she's VIP here. Um, but yeah, Bean, you want to um, introduce yourself to sure. the audience? <clears throat> sure. Hello, my name is Bean Gill. I am from Edmonton. And um, so maybe one thing we won't talk about today is the rivalry between Edmonton and oh, Calgary. Yeah, no, no, because no. Well, that's, <laughs> that's all it's going to be. <laughs> I mean, it is minus 75 million degrees right now. So. <laughs> um, my sister is here with me. Her name is Tin Gill. We call each other ourselves the Tin of Beans. Oh, that's cute. Oh, my God. That's really cute. Um, her and I also do hair and makeup. She does oh, hair. Okay. I do makeup. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I haven't done makeup in a long time. Yeah. Basically, since I got paralyzed. Yeah. Just because it's really hard from yeah. a stupid position. But, um, yeah, so that's a big part of my story. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember when so you had messaged me after the podcast and you were like, um, I've been on a bunch of podcasts, so I have yeah. experience, which is great because mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> um, and you were like, I was paralyzed. I think you said in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And then I was like what happened and then i was yesterday i was telling my brother Mm because we drove up here together Mm -hmm. and i was like yeah like i'm gonna have this girl bean on the podcast like this is kind of her story he's like what happened i was like i don't know i'm gonna find out he's like okay well i need to know like he was like really (laughs) curious about it i'm like hey you can listen to the podcast he's like no you have to tell me right away i'm like no i'm not gonna tell you (laughs) i need the downloads (laughs) okay yeah so um yeah let's just i guess get into that all right um, so I'll start with the beginning of January 2012, 2012 because 2012 okay. was, was, and I hope will remain the worst year of my life. Okay. Uh, so January 2012, I turned 30, okay. right? No big deal. We had a big, huge party. Um, I was married at the time. Yeah. I got married when I was 25, you know, ripe yeah. age, right? <laughs> <laughs> my cousins had bets on what age I would get married at. Yes. You're following the <laughs> timeline yes. that you need to be on the <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh anyways I was married for four and a half years and the last two years were terrible yeah and um so anyways I was really unhappy in my marriage and I was I just knew in 2012 I told my friend Danielle I was like this is the last year like I don't know I'm not gonna be able to put up with this much longer I'm definitely leaving this year right So then April, it's Easter long weekend and we all go out. We're all at Joey's and, you know, my cousins, his cousins, everybody, we all ended up drinking a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we ended up fighting that night. And... um, Okay, hold on. Can I stop? Are we here? Like, is... Yeah. Okay, we're in... Okay. okay. Yeah, in Edmonton. Um, So then, yeah, we fought like all night, right? And he ended up punching me twice. 
uh, he cut my eyebrow open with his, the ring that I bought him. Oh my god! And that's the one thing I will never forgive him for because I had symmetric eyebrows, right? Oh my god! And now they're not. So that's just one big one of my beefs. <laughs> Anyways, um, I ended up leaving him that night. Um, I called my sister. She called my mom, woke mm-hmm. up my brother and my dad. They called the police to come get me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so that was the first and last time he's ever like raised his hand to me. I right. have zero tolerance for this shit. Um, but anyways, so then I like, I never used to talk about my feelings or emotions ever yeah. since I was born pretty much. And so then it did, that didn't change then. Right. Yeah. And everyone was telling me like, you need to go talk to somebody. You need to like talk to a therapist or whatever, but yeah. that wasn't high on my priority list. And I was just, you know, going down a bad path where I was numbing myself with food, alcohol, shopping, Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't making the right decisions and stuff. And so then uh, I was, my friend was getting married Mm -hmm. and in her wedding party, I was a bridesmaid and he's a groomsman. And so Mm -hmm. I did not want to go to this wedding. I didn't want anything to do with it, but I definitely wanted to go to Vegas, right? Yeah. So then <clears throat> June like for this, like her stay for the stay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then, um, so June, 2012, my dad decides to leave our family mm-hmm. and like, she probably should have happened like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. What, like the, which is this, I feel like the story of like so, so many, many Indian families. Yeah. And like my dad was very like Khalistan, yeah. hardcore, you know, Sikh and like wanted us to follow the same path and stuff. And right. obviously we didn't. And, um, so anyways, he left, right. And he went to go like do bot and stuff with other people and whatever. Yeah. Um, two weeks later I went to Vegas okay. with my friends Right. and we went on the Wednesday. We partied Wednesday night, shopped all day, Thursday, partied Thursday night, woke up on Friday the 13th. Okay. Okay. Oh my, okay. <laughs> and, um, we were going to go to the pool that day. Right. right. So I woke up, went to the bathroom, brushed my teeth, washed my face, I remember walking over to the window, I opened the curtains and saw that it was raining outside. And I remember thinking like, that's really weird. When does it rain in Vegas in July? Right? That is weird. And then I walked back to the bed and that was the last time I walked on my own. What? Yeah. So I like, I I actually remember what it feels like to take those steps. I remember my feet on the carpet. I remember what it felt like to like actually walk over to the bed. Yeah. And when I was laying in bed with my friend, I had like the worst pain I've ever felt in my low back and I have a very high pain tolerance, but this was like really, really bad. Yeah. And, um, the pain lasted maybe a few minutes mm-hmm. and then I couldn't move my right leg. So I'm laying there and I'm trying to move both my legs, yeah. but only the left one's bending. My right one was just like, just like kind of flopped to the side. Um, and so I'm an x-ray tech by trade. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like logically thinking about what's happening in your spinal cord and whatever. Yeah. And I was bending my leg, uh, flexing my ankle, wiggling my toes and stuff. Um, and then a couple of minutes later it went prickly from my hip all the way down to my toes. And I was left paralyzed from the waist down within 10 minutes. What? Yeah. So that, okay, so obviously... So, uh, yeah, at that point, I had no idea what was happening, Yeah. right? And I could feel everything. I just yeah. couldn't move anything. And so then <clears throat> I called the insurance company. They said, call the ho- 911. So I called mm-hmm. 911, went to the hospital. I was in the hospital for 12 days. I had... In um, Vegas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a full spine MRI right off the bat, right? That came back clear. 
And then it was just like test after test after test and stuff. Um, my mom and my sister came down the next day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like honestly, I thought everything was going to be okay. I didn't think it was a big deal at all. And then it was, I was in a merge overnight and I overheard the nurses talking and they said that they were waiting for a bed in ICU for me. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was kind of like, okay, like you don't go to ICU if everything's okay. Yeah. Right. And that's when reality kind of hit. And, um, while I was in the hospital there, like I lost all sensation in my left leg. Immediately I lost bowel and bladder control, but my period came right on time. Motherfucker. <laughs> One thing I don't want. <laughs> oh God. What? Okay. I know. I know. It's a lot I'm to so, process. I'm, <laughs> I have so many questions. Yeah. Ask them away. <laughs> ask away. It's okay. Um, I ended up just getting discharged from the hospital there. My mom, we stole a wheelchair from that hospital so that I could come back. <laughs> oh my God. So they, all the way, they didn't have any like, ex- they couldn't figure out like why? No. So all the tests I had there came back clear. Yeah. So they basically told me that I had conversion disorder, which is where you're so stressed out that your brain tells your body to shut down. Um, and given my year yeah. and also given the fact that I've never talked about my feelings or emotions, it made sense. Right. That you were so stressed. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically they said like, you need to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist and unlock whatever mental block is in your brain. And then most people will get full mobility back within two weeks. That's what the stress. Yes. So that's what I thought. Right. Like, and I had no other, I mean, I looked at my MRIs, I looked at everything else and I see that, saw that there was nothing actually physically wrong with me. Right. 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 And so that was kind of easier for me to process, to be like, okay, I just need to talk about all these things that are inside me and then I'll have my body back. Right. Um, So when I flew back here, like it was just, you know, people say our medical system is wonderful. It is not. Like the Canadian one, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. It is not. And like I worked as an x-ray tech for 10 years and then going through it as a patient, Mm -hmm. like on, I can just tell you there's so much corruption and there's so much... Anyways, I came back and, uh, you know, started physio right away because my muscles were melting, like within hours of being paralyzed, my muscles started melting. Oh my God. And, um, there was a point where I could reach down and grab my femur all the way around. Like my fingers (gasps) touched on the back of my femur. Oh, like from the front. Yeah. Oh my God. I like went down and grabbed my whole bone. So I started seeing physio, started seeing, um, uh, psychology and, um, my leg started spasming in about August, right? So I went to see my doctor and he was like, this is not conversion. So like, you know, I'm going to send you for another MRI. Right, right. At this point, I've had like 30 MRIs, so I really didn't think anything was going to show up. Yeah. And um, so then I go for this MRI and then when I got the report, it said there's a lesion in the spinal cord at T10, T11, looks like transverse myelitis. And so directly translated, that means inflammation of the spinal cord at like whatever level, right? So mine's at T10, T11, which is at about waist level. Um, and then I Googled transverse myelitis, right? Right, right? And it said like when you have one lesion, you have TM. Yeah. As soon as you get two lesions, you're diagnosed with MS, so multiple sclerosis. And, you know, MS hits healthy 30-year-old women. Alberta has the highest rate of MS. Okay, I, I didn't know that. Yep. I didn't even know it was 30 yeah, that's the really? average rate that uh, MS hits is uh, healthy 30-year-old women. Wow, okay. Yeah, <clears throat> so that kind of was really hard for me to digest. 
so that kind of that kicked off two things one was like a whole bunch of new another doctor's appointments and stuff right, right. and it also like tipped me over the edge into a really dark depression right yeah and uh so I wasn't drinking anymore and like because my paralysis scared me right but the only thing I could turn to was food so I started eating my feelings mm-hmm. and eating everything and um quickly gained a lot of weight when you're sitting all the time and you don't notice it on a daily basis right but over two months I probably gained like 30 pounds Mm -hmm. and um so let me rewind a little bit my my movement and recovery started in about September I was laying in bed and I was thinking about wiggling my toes and I thought I was doing it so I ripped my sheets off like turned my head around and my big toe was moving Oh, wow. And so I call my mom and she's like making video and crying and calling my sisters and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. And so that's when my recovery kind of started mm-hmm. and is still continuing to progress seven and a half years later. Um, anyways, and so then uh, I got into the Glen Rose Hospital, which is like the rehab hospital here in Edmonton in February 2013. And mainly because the whole time I had indwelling Foley catheter, so to pee, mm-hmm. right? I had a catheter in me. I had luckily regained control of my bowels, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and so I was in the hospital there for five weeks and I really didn't want to go. I didn't want to live in another hospital. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's where I met, you know, f- a few other people who were like me. Right. Right. Because in that whole seven months, I mean, I was at home Mm -hmm. and yes, I had my friends and my family, but like nobody really understood what you're going through. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I was there, it was nice because, you know, I could actually talk to other people who were in wheelchairs and who were going through the same thing. Um, And it was up until that point, I had that very like the mentality of like, why did this happen to me? Right, yeah. What did I do to deserve this? Why is my ex running around with a care in the world and this happens to me? And, you know, I wouldn't find answers out to that for a couple of years. Um, But while I was in the Glen Rose, I was having lunch with my roommate. Uh, She, so the girl, we were having lunch with her name is Oksana and she's a high level quadriplegic. Um, So paralyzed from her neck down. And her mom was feeding her because she couldn't move anything. And, you know, she says, will either of you guys walk again? Mm -hmm. And my roommate, Erica, she's like, well, this bitch will. Mm -hmm. Right. And we laughed and whatever. Yeah. But I was overcome with guilt. So much guilt. Yeah. And at that time, like I was standing. I was not independent, but I knew I would be. Yeah. And Oksana said, I'd be happy if I could move a fucking finger. Yeah. And it was that instant that I was like, okay, I mean, <laughs> you're not allowed to feel sorry for yourself anymore, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I have my hands, I had so much. Mm-hmm. and uh, But up until that point, I was always um, sad about what I lost, mm-hmm. right? And the, in that instant, I started becoming grateful for what I have yeah. instead of being sad for what I lost. And honestly, when you change your perspective like that, mm-hmm. the whole world changes, right? right? And, um, I started like getting back into my fitness and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I've been working out since I was 12 cause growing up, my nickname was Morty, mm-hmm. right? And <laughs> of our sisters, I was the Morty one. Yeah. So that was my nickname. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I started working out when I was 12. Yeah. But when like the day I got paralyzed, it's kind of like I just lost all my in fitness information yeah. and put all my trust in my physiotherapist, which right. was a big mistake. I should not have, I should have just trusted my own gut and done what I thought what I would benefit from. Yeah. Anyways, so that's when I started going to the gym. I started, um, I found out about a place in California called Project Walk. It's a spinal cord injury recovery center. And then found out there's one in Regina called First Steps Wellness Center. So I went there. Me and my mom drove there. We went there for a week. 
then found out about, about a place in Calgary called Synaptic. Mm-hmm. And so then we would drive down to Calgary, work out for two hours and come back every Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then we just decided, my mom had three weeks off. So she's like, let's just go to California. So yeah. I'm not going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> like, sure. So it's like in just by San Diego, it was a Carlsbad. Mm-hmm. And so when we went there and the first day, like I rolled into this facility, it was 24,000 square feet. Mm. There's like 15 people working out. That's 15 trainers, volunteers. Everybody's like high-fiving each other. Everyone's got smiles on their faces and everybody has a disability, Mm -hmm. all the clients, right? Mm. That was the first time I felt normal Mm. that I I didn't have a disability because as soon as you do, people treat you differently, especially in our culture because people don't know how to react to somebody with a disability, right? Um, I just fell in love with their program there and like up until that point like I said have a lot of spasticity um, extensor tone which means everything goes straight right right which means my toes were pointed for a long time making my calf muscles super super tight because they're always flexed always flexed yeah and so here not one physiotherapist could bring my ankles to 90 degrees and I went through like 30 physios okay there after five days of working with them on the Friday they had me standing on my flat feet Wow. And I was like, damn, okay, I'm buying what you're selling. (laughs) Okay, I'll drink your Kool-Aid, right? (laughs) Like, this works, okay, I'm sold. Yeah. And so then they're all kinesiologists down there. Mm -hmm. And so I found the U of A, found the faculty of phys ed, emailed them, sent them my information and stuff, and then they sent it out to the whole faculty like a job posting. Mm -hmm. I got about 12 responses back, and one of them was from Nancy, who is now my business partner. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, she's always wanted to do this. She just didn't know she could do it in Canada. Yeah. And so her and I started working together and I was working out three to four hours a day, six days a week. Oh, wow. Like this is hardcore, but you have to be hardcore if you want to retrain your nervous system. Right. Right. Anybody that I would meet in my journey who's also in a wheelchair, I would be like, you know, you need to work out with Nancy. Right. Right. So So she was going around to people's houses and training them and stuff. In 2016, Nancy got a full-time job offer from this place in Florida. I was like, no, man, you can't leave. I need you more. (laughs) And so she's like, hey, well, if I'm going to stay, then we're going to do something worthwhile. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. And I had always, since the first time I went to California, I'd always wanted to bring this kind of business back to Edmonton because there is no, nothing here. Right. And while I was in California, like I met three or four people from Alberta who had bought houses in California (gasps) just for the therapy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And like, you know, I mean, if people are willing to go to those extremes, obviously there is a need. There's a need. Yeah. Yeah. And so in 2016, that's when Nancy and I were like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. And so then we ended up finding a marketing agency to give us our name and tagline. And like, neither of us have money, right? Like I'm on disability and she was a student. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so neither of us had any money to put into this, but like the universe just like lined everything up. Yeah. We got pretty much everything pro bono oh wow and um we ended up opening our center in april of 2017 so uh, nancy and i co-founded and i'm the executive director of reu paralysis recovery center where we reconnect the brain to the body retrain the nervous system and redefine what's possible that's amazing that's my story just drop your mic right now (laughs) (laughs) that's oh my god yeah, it's dude, insane. that's crazy. And the, okay, one thing that really like when you were talking that really well, I was like, oh my god, because <laughs> when you were like when you change your thinking, because mm-hmm. you were like thinking about what I lost, yeah, 
but I wasn't thinking about what I have. Yeah. Switching your perspective for any small thing is mm-hmm. the ho- most difficult thing in the world, I feel yeah. like, right? Yeah. Because you're in your head all the time. Of course. And trying to get out of your own head and trying to see what, uh, what you know, that's so hard. But the fact that you were able to do that. Yeah. And then after you did that, everything else started dude it's that's just, crazy yeah right just like, changing your mindset and now look at you like and had you not been able to do that mm-hmm. like who knows where who knows where i would have been and right. it's not to say that i don't have bad days and mm-hmm. that i'm still not depressed you know sometimes because right. that darkness is always there mm-hmm. and it's always trying to like pull you into it right 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 but it takes a conscious effort to stay out of it and it takes a really good support system around you to do that too like my family and my friends have been instrumental in that right otherwise if it was up to me i would have been gone a long time ago right yeah Mm -hmm. shit happens Mm -hmm. right and this was like a big pile of shit yeah this was a big shit (laughs) this is a big shit (laughs) (laughs) but you're still here right right? you're still alive and Mm -hmm. that's like one thing that i've really learned through all this is just like you have to make the most of your time on this earth you only get a limited time amount Mm -hmm. limited amount of time you only get one chance at this right? right whether you believe in reincarnation or not whatever in this life in this body you only get one chance and so you have to make the most of it right and like are there days when i want to just quit and die yes of course right <laughs> right yeah but that just can't be a reality because right. that's n- i know i was meant for more right that's insane i'm like i'm never gonna fucking complain <laughs> about anything <laughs> my entire podcast is me complaining <laughs> oh my god that's dude that's like the most insane story i know i've ever heard in my entire life i think i know it's hands down i know that's just been part of my life i've always had like crazy ass stories that's always i'm that one percent where like you know oh it's only gonna happen to point one percent of the population yeah yeah, that's me (laughs) so how many people do you guys have coming uh so i just counted right now we have 131 clients (gasps) what yeah oh my god we've been open in april it'll be three years that we've been open that's a whoa i was like i was thinking i'm like she's gonna say 30 40 (laughs) no we got lots and then our team is we have eight people on our team our staff members right now so it's kind of crazy like never did i think that i was gonna be a boss yeah right and sometimes i'm like who put me in charge (laughs) 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 why am i making these decisions (laughs) and like one of the first thoughts i had like after i was paralyzed was like who's gonna date a girl in a wheelchair that was your first thought one of yes <laughs> actually because i was newly single then yeah right okay, yeah and you're in vegas yeah, yeah okay. right and like wow. that was one of my first thoughts was like who's going to date a girl in a wheelchair yeah and turns out lots of people <laughs> lots of people will <laughs> i was tripping for no reason <laughs> But it's like you have to, you have to love yourself before anybody right. else is going to be able to. Yeah, and that right? goes for like anybody. Lo- yeah, anybody. Yeah. yeah, and it's a work in progress. It's yeah. not like it's every day I wake up. I'm like, yeah, I'm the best. I love myself, right? It's it takes work, and like I listen to positive affirmations every day. I listen to meditations at nighttime before I go to sleep, and like I see my therapist regularly. There's a lot of self care that goes into being able to be comfortable in who you are. And like my motto since I was like little has been fake it till you make it. Yes, I believe in that 100%. Right? Yep. That was yep. a lot of yes, it. Yes, girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like I said, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anyone. Right, and right. like culturally, there's got to be people in our culture who have disabilities. Mm-hmm. But do we see them ever? No. No. Because the stigma. 
right? Because uh, they bring shame upon your family. If your family is not perfect, look, you can Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. fuck these look. <laughs> Hell yeah. Straight okay. up. <laughs> right? <Yeah>. And that's... <laughs> and like people, like now, before I used to get really insecure and upset when people would stare at me, mm-hmm. right? My mom would start yelling at people. Tin would, she loves, she waits for opportunities <laughs> to c- yell yeah, at people. Yeah, I can tell. Tin is a feisty one. <laughs> yeah. Like when people are using the accessible bathroom stall, yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. So if you're listening and you are one of those people who likes the extra room to take a shit, <laughs> please do not. Yeah. Okay? Because then I got to marinate in your shit smell afterwards <laughs> while I pee because that's the only bathroom that I can use. <laughs> yeah. Okay? That's the so, ad read for this episode, PSA. <laughs> and I definitely feel like people need to hear these type of things because we take for granted yeah. everything in 100%. our lives. Like, unless we're not actively, like, being grateful, mm-hmm. like, we're just being, sub- like, we're just being passive to, like, everything. Yeah. Well, most people exist. Yeah. They're not living. Exactly. They're existing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're just, like, go- going through, like, the motions of yeah. your life. You're not, like, actually doing something. In it. Yeah. Yeah. I write in my gratitude journal every single day because it reminds me of the things that I am grateful for. Right. right? And a lot of what I write in there numerous times in my hands my eyesight, my sense of smell, my hearing, my sense of taste, because these are things that we all take for granted, mm-hmm. right? And are like, those things affected by MS? Um, they can be. Yeah, like you're obviously they can your be. Hands yeah. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like because my lesion is at T10, T11, I'm only affected from the waist down, okay. right? And so like mine's actually really not that bad. I I um I can feel touch. Mm-hmm. I don't feel hot, cold, or pain. Okay. Which living in Edmonton, <laughs> like, coldest place on earth, it's not that bad, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in my car, it's not cold. <laughs> what are you guys complaining about? <laughs> as long as I got a hoodie on and like gloves and stuff. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> I wear shorts in wintertime. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're like, guys, I don't understand why everyone's staring at me. I'm wearing shorts in minus 40 weather. Like, what's the problem here? <laughs> right yeah you just have to be careful about frostbite yeah, stuff, yeah. who the hell's sitting outside for more than 10 minutes yeah exactly <laughs> right I, I like the way you think there yeah <laughs> that's how you sp- spin the positive you guys <laughs> right there that's right <laughs> let's get into maybe like the dating thing okay. now because okay. i feel like that's like my most like you know <laughs> that's okay. what i want to know girl <laughs> so like when did you start like getting back into like the dating scene um but okay so dating i didn't it was over a year after being paralyzed okay and um my therapist was like your homework is to set up like an online dating profile and i'm like oh god i don't want to (laughs) (laughs) right yeah (laughs) and so then i was like okay fine so i went on Mm eHarmony. worst and um so in my profile picture, mm-hmm. I put my wheelchair, right. a picture of me in my wheelchair as my profile picture. Mm-hmm. I was really, really nervous to hit like poster or whatever right, the button yeah. was. And then as soon as I did, I was like, oh my God, okay, now it's out there. Yeah. Right? It's never coming back. It's out there. And then um, I just remember like a couple of dipper guys messaging me back and they yeah. wanted to get married and stuff, right? I was like, no. <laughs> you were like, I would just dealt with this yeah. shit yeah. <laughs> i'm not like, i'm just putting my toes in the water here yeah. <laughs> i'm not looking for no ring yeah like we're not trying to go right to the end zone right yeah. 
<laughs> but then like that's that's pretty much when I started dating actually the guy who I'm dating right now, mm-hmm. Jamie. Mm-hmm. So he we met at a photo shoot where like Tin did the hair, I did the makeup, mm-hmm. he was a photographer. Oh, okay. And all of our friends were models. Mm-hmm. And so we did a photo shoot together and then we did like ended up doing a, uh, ended up doing a couple of photo shoots together. Mm-hmm. And then he had like all of our pictures and stuff, right? Yeah. And so um he took me out for dinner to like give us the pictures and stuff like mm-hmm. that and then we just started dating, which was nice. Yeah. And then I was like, "Man, I just wasted money on eHarmony for no reason." Yeah. <laughs> so shortly after Like literally your- days after. Oh. <laughs> okay. Girl. Write that in your gratitude journal. <laughs> Like what a waste of money though <laughs> that I used to spend on eHarmony. <laughs> you email eHarmony back. Can I get, get a refund? refund? <laughs> and um, yeah, it's been going really good. Wow. And he's like super nice. Yeah. And constantly tells me that there's nothing wrong with my body, nothing wrong with the way I am. He never, I don't have to change anything. And that. And it wasn't easy sailing by any means, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm a little reluctant to share this, but I will. But last year I was online dating, mm-hmm. and met this really hot guy Mm -hmm. right and sort of started chatting with him whatever whatever Mm -hmm. and like you know thought i thought we were dating we were talking all day every day whatever whatever um six months later i found out that he's been collecting all my personal data for the last six months and opened four credit cards under my name what and oh my god what do you mean collecting your personal data how uh, birthday address mom's maiden name uh dog's your dog your first pet's name all the security questions that they ask what and like when he was asking me i didn't think anything of it of course who would because and they weren't just like bam 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 it was like over six months yeah so that was like really 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 hard to like yeah because i I was like man i finally found my boyfriend like yes this is it right i've been single for seven years Mm -hmm. okay wait hold on so that guy so like what Mm -hmm. what happened with that that debt that he it's still in uh, investigations oh, okay. through the credit card companies. Okay. Um, obviously, I told the police and like the police came to my house to take mm-hmm. my statement and stuff. And when I told him, he's just like, oh, well, at least it's only that much. I'm like, what? Excuse me? What? And he's like, people lose millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars oh because God. these people are so good. And it's not just one person you're talking to. There are a ring of people around the planet. Oh like a lot of the stuff that was on the credit card purchases was bought in the Edmonton area. Oh, yeah. Wow. Kia. You bought a Kia? No, that was me. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah, bro. Tim. <laughs> Fake lies. news over here. Okay, Tim spreading lies. Like, <laughs> dude, I bought the car. <laughs> Yo, fact check, Tim. <laughs> Don't worry, we have a lot of facts on this that are not like verified. We talk a lot of shit on this podcast. <laughs> so yesterday I went to this party, mm-hmm. this like Indian party or whatever. And re- me and my sister-in-law are sitting there and there's like the dance floor. Like we're sitting like right beside there. Right. And mm-hmm. it was kind of like in the beginning of the night and on the dance floor, there's like this Gora guy and he's playing with his kids. Right. He's like running around, chasing them on the dance floor or whatever, dancing with them, playing with them stuff. Right. My sister-in-law looks at me. She's like, this is why you need to marry a white guy. Because <laughs> we look up at the bar. There's 70 this you guys at the bar. <laughs> They're all at the bar. Yeah. And this one got us on the dance floor just like, have, have, you know, having quality time with his kids. <laughs> um, okay. So all three of you guys mm-hmm. are dating, are like in relationships with white. Yeah. Guys. Like Banji, she's our oldest sister. Yeah. She married Sean in 2006, mm-hmm. five. 
I don't know, one of those five, 2005. Yeah. But like shit hit the fan when that happened in our house. Oh yeah. Right. Big time shit hit the yeah. fan. Cause she went to Vegas and got married and didn't tell anybody. Bro. What? Okay. Why is she not here? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. She went to Vegas and just got married. Yeah. Like that? And then like, my dad was obviously still here and that's yeah. when she hit the fan and we weren't allowed to talk to her for like six months. I oh, think wow. it was. Yeah. And then it turns out like, you know, like she's married. She's still married to Sean. Yeah. They have two kids. Well, you know, what's wrong with our culture is everybody is like wedding, wedding, wedding. When are you getting married? What are you doing for your wedding? How much is your linga? How much is your reception? What is this? How big is it? How many people are you going to have? Right. Does anybody talk about the marriage? No. Does anybody talk about living with somebody and how much your life is going to get fucked up and how actually hard it is? Mm -hmm. No, because all the emphasis is on the wedding. Let's remortgage our house so we can have this ridiculous wedding that nobody really fucking cares about. And then you're going to pay double that for your divorce. Yeah. I think a lot of people get married to like experience living together mm -hmm. and like that's stupid yeah so i even told my mom i was like i'm not marrying anyone until like i live with them for like six months i mean right. lived together for a year before we got married yeah and, and Gravine, like, the best decision yeah i think i think gravine talks about this all the time she's like brown people need to get over the like you can't live with someone until you get yeah. married she's because like, you yeah. don't know somebody until you're you're Agreed. living with that person yep which is Ain't nobody a virgin. yeah <laughs> 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 oh tin you're really out here <laughs> yeah and it's just like people are not like getting over this like you need to like l like live w with like your in-laws and this mm -hmm. and that like when my brother got married this past like he got married like last year mm -hmm. and she was the year before the wedding she was like preparing them she's like you guys need to like move out like she's like you guys should like get your own place like you know and all the aunties in my family were losing their shit they're mm -hmm. like oh how can you say this he's your only son blah 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 this and that right she's like i don't want them living here and then us like resenting each other because yeah. we're in each other's face all the yeah. time she's like i'd rather they live on their own now and we have a good yeah. relationship and then if i need them in the future when i can't take care of myself yeah. they'll be happy to like come in yep. and or like i go to them or whatever it yep. is and then so now my sister-in-law's relationship with my mom is so amazing mm -hmm. but now once a week they come over for like three four hours and we like just sit on the table like this and mm -hmm. just have like a three hour long conversation yeah so there's like quality time and we're you know yeah. and that's what people i feel like they just like need to get over that like i don't know how we're gonna do it I know I did say on the last podcast, I'm like, I'm not trying to change the culture. I'm just trying to help you deal with it. Yeah. But like, <laughs> Honestly, it takes some openness from the parents. Yeah, it, right? that definitely is where it needs to come from. You know, if you don't have that communication and like a lot of operating families don't communicate mm -hmm. about boundaries and stuff, especially after someone gets married and they're moving, you are moving into your in-laws house, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you are or not, whatever. You need to have that conversation with the parents of being like, this is my, these are my expectations. What mm -hmm. are your expectations of us? Mm -hmm. And that way it's clear, right? Yeah. Before anything, sh any of the shit happens, but yeah. that stuff doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And then it's all like drama. Yeah. Uh, don't wash my cheese. <laughs> yeah no and don't let your mother-in-law wash your cookies dude what who was telling me this recently actually like that that's one of the things like the mother-in-law would like go into the room yeah and like throw through all their stuff oh my god 
and I think someone actually either someone told me this in person or maybe someone sent in like a like question or like a story or something and it was like she was going she was like folding like my underwear like yeah why mm-hmm. okay and then she was like putting it in the drawer why and then she found like their like like sex toys <laughs> like dude like yeah but then it's like and so like i I had this conversation with my brother actually like maybe two weeks ago like they came over Mm -hmm. and we're talking about like how we were talking about like in-laws or whatever and like he never got it at first i don't know if he still gets it or not i have no Mm -hmm. idea but um like he was saying like why what's the big deal karen's fine like moving into the house i'm like it's not about like like karen's like the nicest person and she's very Mm -hmm. like she's like like she doesn't like like to get in people's way and she's very like you know like mm-hmm. like good like that i'm not like that i'm like <laughs> like <laughs> i get in people's face but like she's very like very like nice and sweet and she doesn't want to like upset anybody right yeah so he's like she's fine she's fine i'm like dude it's not about like her being fine with it i'm like we all have our like ways of doing things and like our set ways of doing things and then she's gonna come in here mm-hmm. right i'm like and my mom's like really like like likes to keep everything super clean so she's in our shit all the time mm-hmm. i'm like m- like she'll just barge into like our rooms and like start like folding our clothes and doing all these things i'm like do you think karen's gonna be okay with that mm-hmm. like like that she's my mom's coming in and like doing like, touching all this stuff and like and then if mom doesn't do that then my mom's gonna get stressed out like my house is getting dirty yeah and like you know like th- like things like that and yeah and um <clears throat> who was saying um i think one person said to my mom like there can't be two queens in one castle kind of thing mm-hmm. like every girl wants like their own kind mm-hmm. of like home and like you know and then like and i was and i'm gonna actually have my mom on on the podcast as well because she like hears so much of it like with her clients mm-hmm. and that's why she has like this opinion where she thinks it's better if people live like separate mm-hmm. and um she was saying like she's like it's it's just like indian people that are making like the like the parents are the ones that are making it so hard like for the kids Mm -hmm. right she's like you can't blame the kids because we're the ones that bring you guys who like raised you here Mm -hmm. and then so it's our responsibility to like change Mm -hmm. and i'm like girl wow Wow. i'm like if yeah i'm like if you get on the podcast people are gonna (laughs) like start loving you (laughs) and but she's very like she's very like forward thinking like that yeah yeah, and I feel like, like, it even, but even having conversations in, like, an Indian family is, like, so hard. Like, Indian people don't, like, talk to each other like that, like. But they need to. <laughs> yeah, they need to, and that's the one thing that needs to, like, change, is, like, people need to open up. Mm-hmm. And, and the, but, like, even, like, m- mental health. Mm-hmm. Like, now, it's only now becoming, like, a thing that in Indian people are talking about and accepting. Yeah. Like, but, and, and this, like, stems all from freaking Punjab man this is where the problem is like when mm-hmm. I went there mm-hmm. last time I went there my cousin's Bua passed away right mm-hmm. and we were all asking like what happened like what happened right and what actually had happened was that she had like a really rough like life um and her son had committed suicide like a few like six months ago mm-hmm. <clears throat> after his suicide she got like really depressed mm-hmm. obviously right mm-hmm. and she was like bedridden because like it was starting to like physically take a toll on her body and in india punjab no one's understanding like that depression mental health is a, a an issue right mm-hmm. and so she couldn't get the proper help that she wanted and then um she passed away because she stopped eating right and she passed away and i asked my cousin i was like what 
like, what happened? Right? I'm like, what happened to her? And his response to me was, which moldy brain moldy brain was there was his direct translation and i started laughing because i was like what (laughs) the fuck is that and i'm like this is just classic yeah i'm like this is just like classic pindu mentality here i'm like what are you saying like explain to me like what you're saying like what do you mean like you think like something was sitting on her brain he's like yeah something like came up into her nose and like went into her brain and it started like she got moldy brain i was like but i don't know about only <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's how he was explaining it and i was like no like she had depression like she was depressed he's like no 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 there's no such thing that's not no that's not what happened and i'm like bro oh, like this is the problem man like yep, people don't talk about these type of things and they just like say these kind of dumb things like yeah. Uli, the mag Uli. The real thing. yeah full-on denying this. yes <laughs> yeah and, it, and you know and it comes here and then that's where the clash happens because we're like there's no such thing as the mag Uli, and <laughs> i don't know what you're saying sir the mag Uli, oh my god that's hilarious <laughs> yeah so it's just yeah i don't know what what are we gonna do guys what are we gonna do well again (laughs) it just comes back to the like loki gang right so my ex he was diagnosed bipolar after he beat me up because you have to have a mandatory psychiatric evaluation Mm -hmm. and we knew he is known that he since he was a kid there was something wrong with him Mm -hmm. but his parents never addressed it they Mm -hmm. never you know did anything about it because look, Gikenge, yeah, right. They are a very prominent family in Edmonton mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, uh, where was I going with this? Yeah. Anyways, I found out like after I got married during my unhappy phase, mm-hmm. I found out that his mom said, "Hurry up and get them married before she finds out what he's really like." <gasps> yeah. Oh my god. Yep. Because they like met, engaged, married within a year. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And at that time, I was just like, in, you know, in the honeymoon phase, like, oh, I'm so yeah. happy. I love him. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No. And then there was no, like, foundation for our relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? It was just like, yeah, wedding, 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 wedding. Yeah. See, and that's the thing a lot of people <coughs> like. Yeah. It was a really fun <laughs> wedding. Straight up. It was a really fun wedding. <laughs> like, it was My- dope, though. <laughs> but, like, we just need to, like, talk about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And And I find the way that I can talk about things is, like, to make a joke mm-hmm. at, like out of it kind of mm-hmm. and then once i like crack the joke and i get people laughing then i'm like okay and then like we can like delve yeah. more into the topic so i've yeah. i'm like a soup like i'm i very i love like comedy for that reason mm-hmm. is like because it's just an easy way for people to like start yeah. the topic well and it lightens the mood and right? it lightens the mood yeah. Yeah. yeah same thing with my story that's why yeah. i crack jokes about like what right. happened to me because i'm like it's pretty fucked up yeah like yeah. <laughs> if you don't laugh about it yeah then, like, holy shit you're What's yeah like and yeah and i tell and i was telling Gravina that the other day too i was like she's like don't talk about world war three i'm just like acting like this i'm like dude she's like now you're making fun of me i'm like what are you gonna do you're gonna go sit in your room and cry about it i was like you need to like whatever deal with it be upset about it and like worry about it and then like just joke about it like what are you gonna do like cry your whole life about it and i i've had people like reach out like 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 being like i listen to your podcast and I don't think you should be saying this kind of things. Whatever. I've had like negative like feedback I have. Right. Mm. And and I'm like, dude, like we're just like just we're just trying to make light of mm-hmm. situations that are like hard for people to deal with. And like it's just 
like comedy like you just need to laugh at it and if you yeah. can't then let's just you have other things to deal with like you everyone's going through the same things if yeah. you are able to bring it up in like a comedic kind of way yeah and if someone's listening and they need to hear that and just be like okay i'm not the only one going through this yeah. like yeah. then you're helping someone right, right. And they're not feeling so alone mm-hmm. so if all these people are getting offended that's what's wrong with our, our society exactly like everyone's fucking offended for everyone else yeah everyone's offended for everybody else yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's so true and it's just like dude just calm down just <laughs> um okay well thank um thank you guys for joining us for this episode of coaches don't play and um is there anything you want to plug bean before we sign off yeah sure yeah. um if you would like to um get in contact with me or with ryu if you have a family member with a physical disability um feel free to find us on instagram at ryu r-e-y-u p-r-c or my personal instagram is branzoid b-r-a-n-z-o-i-d okay awesome thanks thanks guys and give Bean a follow on instagram for sure and uh watch her journey she's amazing and super inspiring and you have inspired me to do i will just watch i'm gonna tell you right after this podcast (laughs) (laughs) but um (laughs) we'll join you guys next week on coaches don't play Bye. bye